Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. So we are reviewing Ready or Not today, and Ready or Not is a movie about a rich family that made a lot of money uh, making games, and they force everyone or require maybe is a better word everyone who joins the family like through marriage to play a game that's that's like what you know at the very beginning right yeah unless you saw the trailer like we did and it kind of gives away the whole thing well sure okay and the whole thing is that there's some kind of uh devil involvement where you know this is why they were able to get rich because they have some kind of deal with the devil and they have to play this game anytime someone joins the family and if someone draws the hide and seek card then the family has to hunt them down and kill them before sunrise which is understandable like they said in the movie the rich are different yeah i've got a lot of there's so much to say. Okay, let's that's that's diving deep in. There's a lot to say about well, this movie. I and, know. And but but let's let's start a little bit lighter. <clears throat> okay, I want to start with. Uh, we saw this in the theater. Woo! That's our Woo. second this month, which is pretty good. I do like that they put out horror movies right around this time of year for us to see. Probably just a coincidence. Yeah, I'm sure they have no idea what holidays are coming up. Yeah. First of all, every time, literally every time I've heard the title, Ready or Not, my head goes, <laughs> I can't even sing the song. I don't even know it. But <laughs> but like it, it sings that Ready or Not, Here I Come song. Uh-huh. And I don't even know what song the it modern is. Modern hip hop type song. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, I actually think it's Beyonce or something. But yeah, Probably. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know either. But I, I, this is one of my favorite moments where we're fumbling <laughs> over a piece of information that all of the people <laughs> listening are like screaming at their phones yeah. knowing the answer. But I want you to know that I also know that I don't know the words to that song. It's not even not the words. It's that it transforms in my head. It always goes, ready or not, here I come right back where I started from, <laughs> which is a different <laughs> song. Every time this movie makes that happen. That's that's interesting. That's very interesting. Mine, I know I don't know the words because it just goes, ready or not, here I come. La, 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 la. Like, I don't even yeah, know what tune good. comes after that. Yeah, neither yeah. do I, obviously. Yeah. So anyway, this is the second movie we've seen that's based on a very simple child's game. The movie Tag, which we would not have oh, reviewed because yes. it's not a horror movie. Right. It's a comedy. I like the movie Tag. I actually did too. It it's funny to me to think about how like I think about a movie based on the game Tag and I think that's ridiculous, but it worked. Same thing yes. here. I think about a movie based on hide and seek. And I'm like that can't possibly well, be done. I I think that's an obvious one. Like I mean, this movie is nothing new or original. There've been hundreds of horror movies that are about somebody going to an event, thinking it's something benign, and in fact, it turns out that all the people there are going to hunt them down and kill them. Like, that's very normal. Not normal, but normal for movies. 
So, I mean, just calling that hide-and-seek just makes sense, because that is what it is, basically. Well, and I think you and I both have experiences from our childhood where even kids, like, the game hide-and-seek is great for when you're, like, two. (laughs) And then as you get older, you have to make it scarier, so then you start to play hide-and-seek in the dark, right? I suppose. We, We played something called Ghost. Oh, sorry. Something called Witch, in which one of the players was a witch. Right. But it was essentially they went out and hid in the dark and you had to go out and not get caught by them. And we had a very similar game. Um, My siblings and and some of our friends when we were growing up, I don't remember what we called it. Maybe Ghost in the Graveyard? I've heard of that. I don't remember because I know it was sort of based off of this book of like old timey games that we had. Uh But then, of course, you know how kids games like evolve. But it was essentially... One person started to go around the house in the dark and the others had to get all the way around the house without getting caught by the person who was hiding in the dark. Yeah, it's all it's all about ramping up that tension. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So hide and seek, I guess my point is hide and seek is a great game to use for a horror movie because it's sort of a terrifying idea that you're trying to hide. And obviously, why are you trying to hide? To take that in a depressing direction, yes, um, there was another game. This is a connection for me. My sisters and I used to play a game called Bang when I was a kid. And as it implies, you're supposed to find the person and shoot them. But you shoot them with your finger. And <laughs> Not, <laughs> there's no I guns. Mean, you guys weren't rich enough that you no. had to shoot each other with actual guns. No. Okay. Only rich people have to do that. <laughs> right, right. Rich people are different. We... Uh, so that was the game. It was literally hide-and-seek in every way, except that when you find them, you point your finger at them and say, bang. And they, I assume, have to fall down and die a dramatic death. I don't know. It doesn't matter, because the gist of this game is the the thing that makes it different from hide-and-seek is that my sisters would always trick me into being the one hunting. That's Aww. it. That's literally the whole game. So you're... Oh, that's... Oh. Yeah, I'm glad you're saying oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was tortured. So so you you thought there was a game. Yes. But the game was actually make Mikey think there's a game. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. 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 And then they were supposed to hide and you were supposed to find them. And you see... You could see this as the backstory to a movie like this, where I'm like, growing up now, and I'm like, all right, ladies, let's play a game. <laughs> Especially because, you know, it was bang. I just whip, pull out my gun. I'm like, yeah. now we're playing. Oh, I'm still the one hunting. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm a little concerned at how into this idea you are. And I feel like I should give your sisters a little heads up. That Don't they give should them a not heads up. Play bang with you. <laughs> Don't spoil it. So before we go into like the taking this movie too seriously part of the conversation, which I know I like to leap into right away usually. That's okay. I want to give, uh, what's her name, Samara Weaving, like, total props. <laughs> I thought she did such a good job in this movie. She went from, you know, just being someone who I didn't really like all that much. Like, she kind of annoyed me in her, you know, initial yeah. personality. She was just so perky and bubbly and I don't know. Like, yeah. But... Over the course of the movie, like the her her evolution to the woman who's sitting on the front porch or on the front steps <laughs> of a mansion that's burning down behind her, casually smoking a cigarette, like yeah, that was good. the The transition was so nice and smooth and believable that it 
like that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And IMDb trivia. Ooh, um, yes. Samara Weaving, as the name suggests, and as her appearance suggests, is the niece of Hugo Weaving, Agent Smith of The Matrix. And oh. you can kind of tell, and it looks a lot better on her uh, than it does on him. Yeah, it does. Um, I spent a good portion of the movie wondering if she was the same person who played Harley Quinn. Yes, she looks just like her, and they're both Australian. But they're not the same person. I think they're both Australian. You can check that. Um, They're not the same person, but you know who is the same person? The coked-up sister is Winona Earp, which is always fun. Oh, yeah. She was she was funny, which, mm-hmm. okay, brings me to one of the things that I struggled with, right? Okay, I have the same struggle. Interesting. This movie was one of the m- more violent, gory horror movies. Like, like we've yeah. watched some really horrific movies, like, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, like, is an outlier in how horrific it is, right? Yeah. But, you know, you tend, there's that, like, ooh, they're showing a lot of, like, blood and ruined flesh and stuff right yeah so this was definitely on the on the gory end of horror movies that we watch it was also one of the funnier horror movies that we've watched like yeah, like we, authentically we had a lot funny of good laughs out loud right as and, the only two people in the theater by the way <laughs> yeah that was nice but like there were times there were so many times where i was like laughing and at the same time thinking i should not be laughing right now <laughs> Okay, but I now I'm wondering if you do have the same issue I have, which is the comedy parts in this movie were really funny and they were really broad, silly comedy, like yes. slapstick farce stuff, Yes, which stood out as totally opposite the tone of the rest of the movie, which was very like grim and intense. Was it though? To me, it, it felt like... Like, I felt like this whole movie would have been a lot better if the whole thing was the slapstick, silly tone. Like, It almost has, like, a Clue-type vibe to it. It feels a lot like Clue. And IMDb fact, six of the weapons from Clue were used in this movie. Although, they argue, they they say when she smacks the guy with a lantern, that counts as the candlestick. So... Eh, I can see that. A modernized version of it. Sure. That's interesting. I like that little homage thing. Uh-huh. I hadn't picked up on that, but I like that a lot. Yeah, it does it does really have a like a funny vibe to it. So here's the thing. I think that was an intentional like spoonful of sugar to make the very bitter medicine <laughs> yeah. of this movie go down because the the real like message behind this movie is intense. Yeah. And and like very politically relevant right now. And the kind of yes. message that, if you said it outright, would make people very angry, well, I, I think. Suppose. I don't know. I mean, there have always been movies about rich people hunting people for sport. Oh, but that's not what this movie is about. Well, okay. Okay, so here's, <laughs> here's the thing. What's the thing? We're going to start taking this movie too seriously now. That line that we've quoted a couple times where uh, Daniel, I think, I don't remember if it's during the wedding or if it's like before the ritual, you know, before the drawing of the game, he says the rich are different. You know, he says oh, it yes. very sarcastically and like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, we're terrible. That's not the point of the movie mm-hmm. because the rich are not different. 
in that sense. Like, the whole movie is trying, to, like, it's presenting this idea that the rich are terrible and they do terrible things to each other because they can, right? Uh-huh. That's humanity, man. Like, you don't have to be rich to do horrible things to other human beings. True. You have to be rich to get away with doing horrible things to other human beings. What this movie is really saying comes in a different line, which Alex says, uh, I think when he's having this, like, heart-to-heart conversation with his mom while he's chained to the bed. Yeah. And she's all, I know you better than anyone, Alex. And he says something along the lines of, you'll accept anything is normal if your mm. family tells you that's that it's normal. Yeah. That's what this movie is about. Well, it's interesting because when we, I want to go back to that, but when we were in the theater, there was a scene in the movie where you're like, that's the whole movie. And then at the end of the movie, not the very end, there's a scene that I was like, oh, no, that's the whole movie. And neither one of those is what we're talking about right now. <laughs> that's funny. There were so many, like, big things. There, I don't remember what the scene you, was that I said the that was the whole The one you said was the OnStar scene. You know, Ooh, she but, talked to the computer. Yes. But that does play into what I'm saying. Okay, so I think the whole point of this movie is that people are doing horrible things to each other because we've been told it's normal like that yes. that that's good you know like we that's a big thing yeah we're so easily convinced that like this is what has to happen we have to protect our borders we right. have to you know have a good guy with a gun in the schools to stop the bad guy right. with the guns like there's so many things where we're doing horrific things we're setting up even more horrific situations solely because we've been told that's the way it has to be done yeah and, and it becomes normalized and unthinkable to not do it. Right. So How then dare you? the OnStar scene where like <laughs> she's begging for help and he's like, but the protocol says this yeah. is what I have to do. And he doesn't like, there's no thought. There's no, no. let me take this situation yeah, into consideration. I can see how that's the same thing. That's interesting. And how this movie ended, I was disappointed. Mm. I feel like there should not have been a supernatural element to this movie. It, they should have just been wrong because it, it's absurd that there's magic compelling this. Well, that was the other piece that ties into this. Is well, that... and that's why I said if they had been wrong, it would have been like, oh, we just bought into all this uh-huh. and we're idiots. Uh-huh. But it, that's not what happened. They were actually right. So here's the thing. You know how the whole, we throw in the line, the rich are different, so that uh-huh. all the normal people who go to see our movie don't think we're accusing them of being <laughs> horrible people. That's right? interesting, yeah. I think the they had to put the supernatural element on the end. I could be totally wrong about this. I know what you're saying. Totally wrong about this. I know. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. Nothing. But I would put significant amounts of money on the fact that the person who wrote this movie and the people who were like the artists behind this movie. The poor starving artists. We're going to end it with nothing happening to this family and them Uh all having to come to terms with the fact that they just killed a bunch of people (laughs) for no reason. Yeah. But they had to tack on the everybody exploding because it turns out the devil's real and and they really did have to do all of this. They're not really that terrible. They really were afraid for their lives. They had to tack that on because the studio or lawyers or whoever said... very, very rich executive... Yes! ...made a note. Yes! This doesn't sound right. 
unrealistic. <laughs> Rich people don't do bad things. My, we have this in my family, and it is definitely <laughs> based on a real fear. Like, yeah, yeah, they. That was another one of those spoonful of sugars. We have to. Oh, ha ha ha! This is just <laughs> pretend. Because otherwise this movie is way too dark. But to contrary that, that scene when everybody was exploding was really good. Like it was hilarious. The way she handled all of that, <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. So along with this discussion of like how easily people are led down the path of being horrible and being evil mm-hmm. through, through protocol or through, you know, just being told things that they blindly believe without putting any thought into it or whatever. It also seems to, with the two brothers, it really discusses the idea of good and bad and what we think, what we're told good looks like and what good really is. From the very beginning, the older brother stuffs the younger brother in the closet to protect him from being part of yeah. The you know this is when they're young. He's like go in the closet, don't come out. And then he took on the responsibility of, you know, doing ratting out bad thing. yes, doing the bad thing. So then you kind of have this idea that he's the bad brother, right? And then that Alex is the good brother, like he left the family, yeah. you know, he did all the all the right things to be a good person, right? Yeah. But then in the movie, he doesn't. Like, he he actually didn't. He brings this woman into this family knowing exactly what's going to happen. And I can't believe he didn't tell her. He doesn't tell. That right there. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's right there. That's That was the point when Uh I knew, oh... Yeah, this guy's not, he's not going to well, yeah, be a good that, guy. That whole scene where he's kind of revealing what's going on and saying, you know, I, I couldn't tell you whatever. That was just, it felt like it was trying to make him look good and it didn't. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder how many people involved saw that and were thinking, oh, this is a place where we're pretending he's a good guy. And how many yeah. people making the movie were like, oh, this is where <laughs> we're showing he's not. Because I sat there as he's like, but I couldn't tell you, you would have left me. Right. I was like, was not oh, okay. you're a jerk. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's me that matters. You're willing to risk her having to be brutally murdered by your family so that you don't have to see her walk away safely. You have like, to do your own laundry. Well, I don't even think it was that, <laughs> but yes, that. But I don't even think it was that. It was just like... But this is what he wanted. So he was willing to risk sacrificing her. He assumed that everything would be fine. I mean, his brother and his sister are both married. And what did they say? They played... Uh, old maid. Old maid and, <laughs> and something else. Like, they they had to go through the ritual, but they yeah. just had to play boring games, right? But yeah, like, he, he was willing to sacrifice the love of his life. Again, air quotes. Because he didn't want to lose... The love of his life. Yeah. And then at the end, basically his mom convinces him, got to go with this. And that felt too easy to me. Do you but... think she did convince him? Or basically all she said to him was, I know you better than she does. Well, no, I think the convincing part was if you didn't believe it, you wouldn't have let her draw a card. Like you did that because it, if you right. thought it was okay for her to not draw a card, because the theory was that if she doesn't draw the card, he would die. Right. And so he saved himself by making her draw the card. Yes. Gambling on that most likely she wouldn't get the bad card. Because he was willing to risk her life, but not willing to risk his own. Yeah. Yeah. It felt too easy to me, but at the same time, I don't know. 
the thing is, again, though, I'm not sure that he re- she really convinced him because well, yeah. he clearly did believe from the beginning. Like, he was bought into this story. Yeah. And which, of course, he was because it was what he was raised in. And you'll believe anything is normal and true Yikes. if your family tells you so, right? Yeah. And which, again, you could see happening again because his sister's kids were there. And they were and way they were, into it. Oh, yeah. They were... <laughs> excited about it i don't know i think i think that that's the thing like ultimately from the very beginning he was always the one who was going to choose to save himself and his brother was always the one who was going to choose to save an innocent person yeah he was always going to choose to sacrifice himself to save someone who was innocent i was looking for i don't think it would have made the movie better but i was looking for her to be like oh i picked the wrong brother like this guy's pretty cool, you know. Right. I think there was a little element of that, but I'm also glad that it didn't turn into that because yeah. then it's just she's, you know, rescued whatever. by someone else. Yeah. You know, I think that the brother had to die earlier in the movie because otherwise he would have had to explode with the rest of them at the end. Like he True. was part of this pact with the yeah. devil, but he was a, you know, his death was more meaningful because he was, yeah, saving somebody. Oh, Although what's a little twisted about that is, you know, he makes the point. He's like, I really like you, which is the dark side of the whole thing, which is this is the rules. This is how it has to be done. But somebody I like, I can't do it to them. It's the old fashioned. If I know somebody like that, then it's cool. Yeah, it's a kind of the gay rights question. Everybody is anti-gay until they know somebody. Right. Not everybody, but that's the thing. Well, it's more the, it's that divide between I feel like everyone, because they are human, should have a right right versus I should have rights. And then the people I know and like can also have those rights. People in my monkey sphere. Yes. So I I really am kind of torn, though, with uh, Daniel the good brother, and the fact that he got married. He brought a woman into this family. Who knew, though? That's right. He did tell her, and she, and she like, like yep. she was like, uh-huh, I'll <laughs> do whatever it takes to not... Like, she's, she hinted at coming from somewhere bad, and that she would yeah. die, she would rather die than go back there. But so, kind of along the lines of, I really like being rich. Oh, <laughs> it was a very little, much. It, it was not great. Yeah, no, it was very much like, you know I come from poor background, and I would rather kill people or die than have to be poor again. (laughs) But he still like fell in love with somebody who was the kind of person who he could tell about this pact and she'd be like, bring it on, (laughs) you know, which I think was interesting. Speaking of people who know what's going on in the pact and are completely bought into it, Aunt Helene. She's completely bought into it. So yeah, so Auntie Helene's groom got hunted down and killed like she was the last person 30 years prior which i have another issue with who drew the um hide and seek card i think she is a great representation of this idea that is very prevalent these days in the world it sure is Um, that that once you have committed to an idea once you have done something wrong like horrible should I not made say a mistake? What that's like? Made some sort Let's of let terrible people mistake. Just fill in what they will. Yeah, any there. mistake. Okay. Um, any terrible world-altering mistake, <laughs> world-ending mistake. 
once you have committed to an idea, you have to continue, you have to buy into it wholeheartedly. You have to believe it no matter what, because if you don't, if at some point you think, oh, that was a bad idea, mm -hmm. or I've made, <laughs> I've made a, a huge, huge mistake. mistake then you have to live with the consequences of what you've done. So like she believed her family when they said, we will all die unless you let yeah. us murder your husband. And she helped murder her husband. And she wasn't happy about it at the time. No, but, but she, has but she allowed through. it to happen. And now she is like one of the most rabid believers in the mm -hmm. pact because if she doesn't believe, she let her family murder her husband for no reason. Yeah, that, and that's she a big deal. Cannot live with the fact that she might have done that. So therefore, the pact is one hundred percent real and must be adhered to. Yeah. So I feel like we're living in a world with a lot of people who have made a mistake, and made a deal with the devil, and are refusing to acknowledge the incredible amount of evidence indicating that it was a mistake overwhelming because they can't live with the idea that they might have participated in doing something terrible i call that the racism problem which is if someone calls you out for being racist you do something that is racist hmm. instead of your response being oops I shouldn't have done that. Sorry, I'll change my behavior. Yeah, I'll change that thing. Your response is, well, no, that can't be racist because I'm a good person. Racists are bad people. Therefore, I can't be racist. Right. Therefore, the things backwards. I do can't possibly be racist things yeah. because I'm a good person who does good things. So if I've made this decision, then this must be the right decision because yes. I wouldn't have gotten it wrong. It's it's all backwards thinking. Yes. And Aunt Helene was very much a representation of that kind mm -hmm. of thinking yeah. all the way through. And that's part of why it makes me mad that at the end there was a supernatural <laughs> pact and the devil did exist because it really makes her character unimportant then. Like, there's no reason to have someone who is this bought in if yeah. you're not going to at the end to be like, yeah, you were wrong, sweetie. <laughs> you were yeah. wrong. I mean, it, it's a little more complicated than that because even being right, it was wrong to do what they did. Like, they true. put themselves above yes. everyone else. That is true. So, Or at the very least, just don't get married to anybody, you know? Right. Stop doing this. Right. Because it seemed like Alex and Grace were living together. I, I, I would venture that even they could have had children. Probably. And it would have been fine. <laughs> it was just that she married into the family. Yeah that triggered all of this. So just don't. Just don't. And that was one of the things where I was like, oh, Alex is a terrible person. Because when she said that, she's like, why did you let me, why did you <laughs> let us get married? He's like, well, you wanted, you wanted to. Yeah, or you would have left and that would you, have been You okay. were pressuring me into this. Like, I had to let you walk into this <clears throat> death yeah. trap because you wanted oh, a ring. Reminds me of the most horrifying thing in the movie. I don't know why it reminds me of it, but it was sort of a death trap. <laughs> um, there's a part of the movie where she gets shot in the hand, which is gross. She being Grace. Yes, the main character, which is gross, but fine. And, you know, it's a classic hole through the hand CGI effect, which we all love. Right. And that's all fine. And then she falls in a pit and has to climb out of the pit. Of course, she can only use her other hand because that hand is ruined. And at the top, I couldn't even watch it. 
there was a nail and her injured hand and it was not okay. And that's what I kept saying over and over out loud (laughs) in the theater was not okay. This is not okay. As as she's getting closer and closer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, um, upsetting. And that nail was like, like they did one of those shots where she's still on the ground and then they're like, oh, look, there's a nail up here. <laughs> Pay no attention. reason. No reason to zoom in on this. <laughs> and that was one of the things about the writing of this movie. As much as I, I am actually like, I love this movie for <gasps> the Spoilers. stories that it's like what it's actually saying about things. But the writing of it was very predictable. Yeah. Like, like you knew where things were going. There were a couple of places where I'm like, okay, it could go one of two ways, depending on which, like what the author is going to try to say here. Like there was a point where um, Alex, you know, had his sacrificial dagger up and, you know, had already chanted his chant. And I'm like, oh, he could like and she's look he's looking in her eyes and she's looking frantically in his yeah. eyes and i'm like oh here's his moment here's his redemption his moment he could have stabbed himself that's what i was looking for but he didn't that would have been something and that like there were there were a couple of those moments where you're like ooh which way is it going to go but for the most part everything was very predictable and the foreshadowing was like way too heavy <laughs> oh there's secret tunnels all through the house where the yes. servants walked <laughs> yeah you know or there's this nail at the top of this oh, ladder like nail. what you know no reason for you to notice this, but hey, notice this. It was really, it was a little heavy-handed for me. Yeah, but I guess I that feeds that. into the um, like the slapstick, like broad. Well, it would if approach. the movie had taken that tone all throughout, and that's what bothered me. Like it could have been just as gory and violent as it was, because it's a very dark comedy. That's a thing you can do. But if they just kept that tone instead of like everybody's being like serious, real people, and then all of a sudden going, "Whoop! We shot the man." <laughs> don't like that was <laughs> those that's weird i mean that was super funny and i really liked it but i wish the whole movie had been that i couldn't figure out what those maids were there for in the first place to serve maids are to like, serve but then it even said one of them was <laughs> yeah. like i'm not even a waitress like he just likes the way i dance i'm uh-huh. like oh well, that just yep, makes that's it what a little I more disturbing yeah <laughs> so I want to talk about Stevens, the butler, yes, who is not part of the family, is not part of this pact, and who is only participating in all of this because he is actively participating, He's like very into it, way into it. He's only doing it because he likes doing it, because he benefits from the family benefiting. He's like a Washington D.C. like fixer. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who takes all the skeletons in your closet and hides them for you so that you can keep getting elected, so that you can yeah. keep paying him. <laughs> the, yes, your exorbitant bill. Like, he's benefiting. He gets to live in the fancy he's house. Yes. And he is arguably one of the evilest people in the movie because he's willing to do all of the, these things just for his own benefit. He's not actually doing it out of fear. Yeah. Whereas they all believed... That they were going to die and ultimately were proven right. They did die true. when they didn't follow through on this pact. I don't think he believes that that's true. I don't it think it would he... be hard to believe, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I don't think he believes that the pact is a real thing, but he believes that he knows that they believe it's a real thing. Yeah. And he's perfectly willing to murder people so that he can keep his job. Yeah. 
Which is, I mean, come on, being a butler must be a high-paying job, though. Well, I mean, I think he's, even as a butler to these people, he has higher status than a lot of regular people, I would think. Yes, or at least normies. in his mind. Yes. You know, and, and there's maybe an element of once you've told yourself you believe something long enough, you start to believe it. But I, I really, like, I think he was killing because he enjoyed killing. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There was the... That was uh, one really brief shot in the movie was somebody reported, you know, she's outside, she's running towards the north fence, and he gave this smile, like, to himself. No one saw it. And I was like, a twist is coming. It wasn't a twist. It was just the fact that he was excited that he was going to get to go kill her. Yeah. So, I don't know. I felt like that could have been a good spot for a twist, and I was disappointed. But I don't know what it could have been that would have worked. There were lots of places where there could have been twists and there weren't. And I do, I really do feel like it was to sacrifice, they were sacrificing the import of the movie for digestibility. Quite possibly, which is a sad statement on what you have to do for the mass market. But maybe that's their statement. It's a meta statement. (laughs) No, probably not. Well, and part of me wants to be like, well, you got to do what you got to do to get it in front of the audience, right? Right. But then after a certain point, you've gotten a movie in front of the audience that tells them that packs with the devil are real. And if you make one, you have to follow through. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, eh, we know it's fiction. Do so we, though? Some of us do. I don't always trust that everyone is going to pick up on the, this is sarcasm or this is <laughs> That's like, always a, not a risk. real. I'm just happy to make art for intelligent people. I don't, <laughs> I don't care what dumb people think. Yeah. But I will say something that got me about this movie was i was very attentive throughout because the tension was really high like Mm -hmm. they really made it so like we were on edge about what was going to happen the whole time and that was it was well done in that respect yeah it was one of those movies where i have to remind myself to blink yeah you're like this is a long movie you're not going to be able to watch it without (laughs) blinking but i didn't want to miss anything except there were scenes where i'm like oh this is so gross i know what's coming i i actually looked away there were whole chunks like the whole nail thing <laughs> yeah, i that, didn't actually I did see watch. it happen because i couldn't i mean i was like okay i i didn't see it so i don't know what happens but if she was effectively hanging by the hole in her hand she would have passed out instantly like you can't sure. do that that's Okay, anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I mean, there's a thing, though, that happens in horror movies where your hero is so much strong, like, like can overcome physical limitations that need to be overcome for the story, but can't overcome other physical limitations. Like, as she's climbing up that ladder, she had her injured arm like curled up against her and was a one-handed climb yes and was like risking with her wet bloody slippery good hand she was like letting go and then grabbing on and i'm like she's gonna fall and die you know perforating herself on one of the rib bones bones at the bottom of the pile because she couldn't take her injured hand and she didn't have to hold on with the hand but she could have like wrapped that arm around in some way like there were safer ways to do it but she couldn't because it was more dramatic to watch (laughs) her do it that way you go first this time bring it okay so 
I enjoyed this movie very much. I enjoyed watching it. I definitely, I think I've made it clear, I definitely enjoyed what this movie was trying to say. Um, I thought it did it fairly effectively. I thought they pulled their punches when they didn't have to. Yeah. I would have liked to see it be more punchy. <laughs> <laughs> And there were some there were some weaknesses in the writing. There were some places where the dialogue was a little like eh, stilted. <laughs> there it was definitely too predictable, too foreshadowy. Like it wasn't trusting its audience to get stuff that was already obvious. So there were some weaknesses, but there were also some things I really liked about the writing. Um, I liked the little hints, like you were saying, you know, the the different uh, weapons from Clue being in uh-huh. there. I liked, um, as they're in that one big room where the ritual takes place, there's all of these weapons and stuff on the wall. It was very much like, what is it, Island of Dr. Moreau or um, uh, Most Dangerous Game. Like, it was definitely, like, paying homage to the stories like this that have come before, which I Mm -hmm. liked. I also, I didn't mention this earlier, but I really liked the... physical appearance of grace and how she starts out it's this very innocent (laughs) pure white dress lots of lace all the way to the floor high heels you know she's really super fancy and then you know gradually she changes into her keds and she tears off the bottom of the dress because it's inconveniencing her and like she gets blood on her and smoke and dirt and everything and by the end her dress is completely black and like I, I liked watching her appearance change as like symbol for her evolution to someone who is disillusioned, I guess. Yeah, I guess you know, she has lost had her eyes her opened a little. <laughs> yeah. um, so I thought that piece was done really well, both story wise, like timing wise, and cinematography wise, like like the way they showed it. So I guess I definitely lean more in the I like this movie, but I'm not ready to give it a five. I'm going to give this four and a half useless OnStar buttons out of five. (laughs) Wow. Deep cuts. Now, technically not OnStar. They made up some other company, but we all know what it really was. Right. I assume... That OnStar would have been much more appropriate. I, I, yeah, Don't they probably sue us. weren't super happy with <laughs> their representation in the film. Okay, well, I also really enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun, and I think people should see it. I think it was very enjoyable and very intense. Don't watch the part with the nail, because it's not okay. Or the part where the third maid gets crushed by the dumbwaiter. Yeah, that wasn't great. I didn't watch that part either. I did. Ooh. <laughs> it wasn't so graphic. But what kind of dumbwaiter is that? Do they have a 900 <laughs> horsepower dumbwaiter? <laughs> With zero safety. <laughs> Nothing. Safety protocols in it. Yep. That's interesting technology. <laughs> but I bet she's concerned that she tried to hide in that at the beginning. She's like, oh... I mean, that was a bad idea. One should always stay away from anything that is capable of falling through a shaft and creating a thing that could slice you in half in a horror movie. Yeah. Elevators are bad news in horror movies. Yeah. People don't always know they're in horror movies, though. They should. Are we? Never mind. Continue on with your ratings. Everything's huh. fine. All right. Well, I was really bothered by the fact that the tone... I mean, it was very consistent for the whole movie. A very high-tension intense scary horror situation except these little spots that were maybe a minute long at the longest of total farcical silly clue comedy and 
that stood out so strangely. So I wish the whole movie had been that way. It could have been better movie, but that's really my only significant complaint here. Although I still wish they hadn't gone the supernatural route. Much better ending otherwise. Yeah. But anyway, Agreed. I'm giving this four useless on-star buttons out of five because it was very fun, but it was lacking in those little subtle sorts of ways. Yeah, definitely one people should watch though. Fun fact, Labelle is an anagram of Belial, which is a demonic name, and oh. Le Domas is an anagram of Asmodel, which is also a demonic name. Uh, I figured it was something like that. I, you could tell it had to be something, yeah. but I couldn't figure it out during the movie, so I had to use my IMDb powers to figure that one Nicely out. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, I worked really hard on it. <laughs> All right. Well, that is that. That closes up our review of Ready or Not. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another movie. Yay! We'll be volume buddies. Volume buddies. <laughs>